Welcome to Anything But Routine. Today's sponsor on the podcast is the Just For Kicks catalog. You can find everything at justforkicks.com from shoes to tights to dance costumes to funny t-shirts and so much more. Find us at justforkicks.com. Today on the podcast, we're going to talk about masks. Our special guest today is Kelsey Field, dance coach for the PAC Charter School and also certified athletic trainer. And now to the podcast. Today's guest is Kelsey Field, and Kelsey is a coach at PAC Charter School, correct? Correct. Dance coach. So um, why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself, and th- this today's sc- discussion is going to be all on how to survive wearing a mask while you're dancing at practice and, and be as safe as possible, but I want you to tell our listeners your, you know, like... You're a trainer, correct? A coach and a trainer? Yep. Yeah, so um, I've been coaching at PACT for the last seven years. Um, I danced there as well. Um, But my professional background in education is in sports medicine as a licensed and certified athletic trainer. So during the day, I actually work in occupational health as an injury prevention specialist. Uh, But then I also help PACT out at their home games and do sideline coverage as their AT there. So we do some injury prevention stuff there as well. So we, I've had to work with our other athletes through some mask issues um, at the school there too. Okay. And I was telling Kelsey that um, she posted something on our coaches, on our Minnesota coaches site, and it's the talk of everybody because it's helping us all so much. So maybe let's just go through it and and talk about your first point was how the cardiovascular system takes 10 to 14 days to adapt to a new training environment, like altitude, heat, humidity. So let's talk about that a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. So um, our bodies, they're designed to adapt to stresses in our environment so that our bodies can maintain homeostasis, basically, to stay alive. So what does homeostasis mean? Homeostasis is just um, your vital signs staying in a normal range that keeps you alive. Okay. So So kind of brief little science lesson, all of our cells, when they experience a stressor, um, immediately produce proteins in the body to adapt those cells so they're more efficient to overcome that stress the next time we encounter it. So we actually already experienced this at dance before masks were a thing. When you condition your body and train your body, your muscles, your heart, your lungs, changes occur in your body, and that's why the dances get easier over time and you get in more shape over time. Same thing if we change our environment. Um, Some professional athletes, uh, you might have heard of altitude training. They'll go to an area of high altitude where the... um, oxygen, the partial pressures in the air are different, and so it's harder to consume oxygen. It'll train their bodies to adapt to having less oxygen available so that they're more efficient, and when they go back to sea level, um, they're supposedly in much better shape than they were at the higher altitude. So so athletes actually do that as a training? They go to a high... Oh. Yep. 
Yep, and actually um, some athletes will wear uh, masks actually that reduce your oxygen availability or force you to increase your breathing effort so that their bodies will adapt and become stronger. So they strengthen the cardiorespiratory system that way intentionally. Okay, and that's interesting. I, I firsthand went to Vail last summer, Vail, Colorado, and and everywhere is selling the little oxygen and, you know, because it is different for you. And like my husband has asthma, so it was tough for him. He had, you know, the rest of us um, pushed through, but he had to actually use that canned oxygen or whatever. So I can see where that would be a, a way to, I didn't know though that it would help your lungs after, you know, that's interesting. So, um, so how do we coach our athletes on proper breathing with the mask on? So the biggest thing is you don't want to change how you would normally breathe. Um, and so a lot of times athletes, they don't feel like they can catch their breath. So their first response is to really emphasize the inhalation and then they forget to exhale completely. So you want to make sure that even whether they're breathing hard or just normal breathing, that they're still taking quality breaths uh, because otherwise they start doing what we call hyperventilating. And a way for a coach to recognize this is you might see their chest, really, they're really breathing with their chest. So I'll have my dancers put one hand on their chest, one hand on their stomach or your diaphragm, and your hand on your stomach should be moving and not your chest. So if they're really like taking deep, uh, deep inhalations, but then not exhaling, that's uh, hyperventilating and that's gonna make them lightheaded. Um, so a good exercise that you can have them do is uh, breathing in for four through their nose and then exhaling for twice as long for eight counts um, through pursed lips and having them do that a few rounds until their breathing has calmed down. Um, so that's a good technique even for, for athletes who experience anxiety and they're having an anxious moment, whether it's due to the masks or another reason, having them control their breathing for a minute or two um, to calm them down. Okay. Do people still, um, when I first coached, we always used a paper bag when they were hyperventilating over their mouth and nose to mm -hmm. slow down their breathing. Is that still a thing? Um, that is not something that I ever have an athlete do, but the main purpose for that is to, it gives an athlete visual feedback on their breathing. As it um, goes in and out. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not going to change um, the nature of the oxygen intake or anything that they're getting. Um, it's really just to help them control the breathing and have, and have something visual to give them okay. feedback. Okay. And so that could be helpful in some cases, right? So, yeah. Sure, yep. Okay. Um, I know my athletes are saying it seems to, we've been at, what, nine days of practice together, counting our weekend practices, and they say it's getting easier. And is that what you have experienced? Yep, yep. So every time you train in a mask, your body's creating those proteins. Um, so the next time you come to work out, you have more proteins or more cells that are adapted than you did before. So it's going to get easier. The body is now used to having this new stressor in its environment. So if, if you're not, if you're adapting your athletes appropriately, um, they should be adjusting to the masks easily. Um, 
some coaches, if they've been having issues from day one and they're still having issues, it may be wise to adjust your training uh, intensity a little bit. If you came in on day one training at a typical January level um, that where you would have been last year in January, that's probably a little too much for them right off the bat. You're going to want to ease them into it. Um, for a week or two and it doesn't mean you need to decrease the intensity of what you're doing but give them longer breaks Um, do shorter bouts of intense exercise just shorten what you're doing you don't have to not work on power you don't have to not do things full out still do those things but just change your intervals give them more time to uh, have a break and then eventually you can decrease those rest intervals okay so you know after reading your email that are your list of to do's, I started implementing some of those things. And one thing we've started doing just to share what's working for us is we will run our dance, which is three minutes. You know, our kick is three minutes, it's two minutes and 59 seconds. And our jazz is shorter, but we will run it. But then we stretch afterwards. We do something. um, Okay. So they really had their cardio up and their breathing So then we switch to a stretching for a recovery period. And then when they've recovered, we may do a section again, or if we do the whole thing. And then again, we stretch a different muscle. So instead of doing all that stretching, like a lot of teams do at the beginning, which I don't typically do anyway, but um, we get hot, then we stretch, we get hot, you know, we get tired, we stretch. So that has helped us to feel like we're getting something done, but we'll allow them to have that recovery time. Yeah, that's a great idea. And athletes should do active recovery. Um, They should not sit down or lay down immediately after doing the dance. They should try to walk around, do something light active so that that heart rate that's way up there in that high training zone doesn't drop super quickly because that alters your blood pressure. That can make them feel dizzy. So they should come down from that high heart rate slowly. So doing something like stretching or just a a mini mark through, or just walking around, take a lap, Um, that's going to be much better for them and make them feel better after a workout than just sitting down right away. Right. We walk it off. I should have said that. We we try to walk it (laughs) off. We try to walk around a couple and, you know, calm it down. And then, yeah. So, all right. So, Let's talk about the differences of masks in general. Mm-hmm. Like what, what kind do you recommend? Um, well, the feedback that I have gotten from my team as well as some other coaches is the best way to go is just those surgical disposable masks. Um, they're just a lighter material. If you get a heavier material like a cloth mask, um, the, the weight of it is going to pull it down more off your face. Whereas a disposable one is lighter and less likely to be swung around with your movement. Um, And if you have a brand new one, they're stiff material. They should stay in place. Um, Athletes shouldn't be reusing a disposable mask over and over again. Um, It's not clean. It loses its shape. So that, in just my experience, they've been the best option. Or something that's a lightweight, breathable material that's adjustable. Um, Those would be my top two suggestions for dancers. In the plastic inserts that you can get at Amazon, it almost, I wish I had one laying here, but I don't. Like a bracket? Yeah. Have those been helpful? Kind of, Um, it pushes the mask away from your mouth. 
Yeah, I, I would recommend those for maybe my employees here in the occupational setting. But for dancers or athletes, um, one concern I'd have with that is it's a hard plastic piece. So if that gets hit, um, that's an injury potential for your face and that, that bracket can come out while you're dancing and cause a hazard. So one suggestion I actually saw from some other athletic trainers was um, someone went and got some uh, needlepoint canvas. It's a thin, flexible material, and they cut it out in the shape of the mask and they sewed it onto the inside here. And so it could mold to a more rigid shape and keep it away from your nose and mouth. Uh, I haven't tried that personally, but I think that's a, a good suggestion too. Our kids have tried the plastic inserts and they they like them, but they do move around. And so I think the idea of stitching them in would make them safer for sure with because you don't want to have that slipping hazard if they fall out while you're dancing. So um, dancers get hot faster, so they have to be drinking a lot of water, right? Yeah. Any any. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, um, the, the mask is just going to, they're going to sweat more in that area and it's going to make them warmer. It's also going to uh, make them lose water faster because they're sweating more. Um, so really coaches should be making sure they're adequately hydrated. Um, and so ice water, first of all, if possible, is going to help keep their body cooler. Um, and the recommendations are athletes should be trying to get 17 to 20 ounces of water or sports drink within two to three hours before practice. So they should come hydrated. Um, And then every 10 to 20 minutes, they should be getting another seven to 10 ounces um, during exercise. And then within two hours after practice, they should be completely rehydrated um, from all the fluids that they lost. So um, just maybe having like my team, I'm having them track meals and track hydration right now because Um, A lot of things could be contributing to an athlete not feeling well at practice, and it's important that we don't just go right to masks as the cause and that we make sure that we are identifying um, all the possible reasons why a dancer could not be feeling well. So tracking hydration, making sure they're eating adequately, sleeping well, um, all of those things are going to help to decrease some of the symptoms and issues that uh, dancers have been experiencing. I really agree with you. And I love the, cause I just had a dancer get real lightheaded this week and it was, she just wasn't hydrating enough. So I, I sent out a whole memo on how much they should be drinking. And um, do you agree that it, they should drink double Wait, Am I saying half their body weight, half their body weight in what ounces a day? Um, yep. It should be for every pound of body weight, you drink a half ounce of water. Yeah. So that would be right. So if you take your weight and you divide it in half, that's how many ounces of water you would need to drink a day. And as an athlete, maybe more or. Yeah. Um, if another way to gauge, it's going to be a little different for everyone, but another way to gauge is to check your urine. I'm sure you've heard this before, but making sure your pee is clear. Um, that's just a great way for you to gauge for you specifically. Are you hydrated enough? So I had one trainer, the Ohio state trainer did a podcast for us last summer. And she was saying that if you're not getting up to pee in the night, one or two times, you're not drinking enough as an athlete. She goes, you should have to get up. And I was like, wow, that I've never heard, but it makes sense. I don't know. So 
in general, if you feel thirsty, you're already dehydrated. So you shouldn't wait until you feel thirsty to drink water. You should be constantly sipping throughout the day. So carrying a water bottle with you everywhere, even marking on it if you have to by 2 p.m. I should have drank this much um, just to keep you accountable. Kind of like this. Yes. Perfect. You know, and I told my kids, you can't fill your water bottle at practice right now, you know, because of the rules. So get a big one. And I, I leave it in my car and it kind of ices up. So then it, it is that colder, like you're saying they need ice water. So that makes it kind of better. Um, let's just talk about anxiety because certain coaches had major trouble having their kids wear masks, but I feel it might've been, and this is the case with everything, one or two kids that stirred it up that maybe had anxiety or were ticked off that they didn't want to follow the rules. And then they, then there's a few parents that say, this is not safe. Our kids aren't safe. And then pretty soon, you know, I didn't have one issue with people wearing their masks. I mean, I had issues in terms of, I was worried about kids, but I had nobody saying, I'm not going to wear a mask or, you know, I did at the studio level, but not at my varsity or JV. Yeah, I mean, that's the first thing that I did when I got to practice on the first day is we had a discussion about masks. And I basically told the girls, it's going to feel different. This is going to be another obstacle that we get through together. But you can either choose to make a big deal about this and freak out about it. Or you can trust that I know what I'm doing and that I'm not going to kill you on the first day. Um, And you can trust that I'm not going to ask you to do anything that's not safe. Um, So just kind of trust me and listen to your bodies. I mean, if you're not feeling well, tell me. I think creating a, making it a safe space where athletes feel comfortable that they can come to you if they're not feeling well or if they're feeling anxious, um, just letting them know that you have their safety in mind, that um, you're gonna take care of them. And the masks aren't gonna be fun. They're not ideal. It is gonna be harder acknowledging that it kind of sucks Um, but that you're still safe. Um, And if there is an issue that I'm going to be here for you and it's going to be okay. And so we kind of just had that discussion right away. You have control. If you need to stop, you can stop. Um, You know, and just I'm constantly asking them for feedback too while we're working out. How are you feeling? Do we need longer breaks? Do you know, can we keep going? Just kind of getting their feedback. And so they know that I'm caring for them and, and listening to what their needs are. And that's a really good point because I think sometimes kids are, um, they're afraid they'll get cut or, you know, get moved down or somebody else will go in for them. So they, they kind of like try to suck it up and not let you know what they're really feeling like. And and they need to stop. This brings up an interesting, this will be our last question because I don't want to get too long, but, um, I'm wondering with competitions, you know, how you have a bloody nose, you can stop and then you can come back. I wonder if there, you know, now that we're competing in masks, should there be a stipulation that if you have a, I, I don't know, I suppose they couldn't do that. Cause what, what if an athlete has to drop out because. We, we discussed that a little bit in the activity advisory meeting. So I think there may be some guidance coming out from MADT or JAM with that. Okay. Um, okay. But from my perspective as an athletic trainer, at any point, if an athlete feels like they can't complete the dance, they should step out, whether it's related to the mask or not. So maybe having that conversation with your teams about um, if you're, you know, it's, it, you're going to feel more winded than usual. That's normal. 
the first run through is going to be hard, but differentiating between hard and I'm going to pass out or I'm dizzy or I'm nauseous, you know, you're going to feel icky, but if you really feel like you can't continue, you know, your safety is more important. Well, Kelsey, thank you. This has really helped me as a coach. And and I think it's going to help a lot of other coaches too. So I appreciate you sharing your knowledge with other people. That's how we all get stronger and better. And thank you. Thank you. Of course. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. It was such a fun opportunity. I listen to this podcast all the time. So you're so knowledgeable. You're so knowledgeable. We'll probably have you again sometime. So thank you, Kelsey. Kelsey. Great. Thank you so much. All right. Bye. Thanks for listening to Anything But Routine. If you like the podcast, subscribe and give us a rating. We'll see you next time.